morning and welcome back to Aspie Me, my own personal journey, blog, whatever you want to call it, of myself. An older woman, mother of four, um, diagnosed in the last few years with Asperger's and just really finally coming to terms with it and how it's affected me over the last 55 years. Um, how it affects me now, knowing that I have it and understanding that, you know, I do the things that I do because of certain aspects of my personality. Uh, I know I've been offline for several months now. I had a, a lot of things I need to sort through. I closed down my own home business. I sold my house. I've got another job. But the last two weeks have been probably the most difficult I have ever ever had to endure as an adult and as a parent. Um, my oldest child, who is 27, experienced several strokes, some of the worst strokes that somebody can experience after leaving the office of a chiropractor. He went in to have his neck adjusted. He had sore neck muscles from performing on stage a few days before he went in to have that adjusted. He had been, you know, a dozen times before, never had any issues. Halfway through his visit, um, he was complaining about pain. Something didn't feel right. He didn't feel good. The doctor said basically to push through it, and we'll see how he felt at the end of the appointment. Well, the end of the appointment came, and he went out to his car, crawled into his car, and had a stroke. He called a friend of his who was in the area, who lived in the area, to come pick him up. And when he picked him up, he took him right to the ER where he continued to have his strokes. Um, and now it's been two weeks, two and a half weeks. He spent the last two and a half weeks in ICU. He has been basically sedated and unconscious for two and a half weeks. He's had a breathing tube in there, feeding tube. He had two um, drainage systems for lack of better terms, insert into his skull. He had brain surgery, neck surgery. He's got, I don't know, maybe 30 staples going up the back of his neck. Um, we're hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. They're telling us now it'd be about one to two years recovery period, which for a man, young man in the prime of his life is gonna seem like an eternity. He is a very vivacious young man. He's full of energy, full of life. He plays music, he writes music, he performs, he records, he plays all kinds of instruments. He plays the accordion, he plays a bass guitar, acoustic guitar, he plays drums, piano, um, taught himself how to play the spoons. Um, he just recently had started a job at an exotic pet store. Absolutely loved it. That has been his lifelong passion since he was three years old, was bugs, tarantulas, spiders, scorpions. He had just moved in with his girlfriend, and he had his life together. And now he's faced with this. And I've got to tell you as a parent, and for those parents out there, you know that it is the absolute worst feeling in the world to be as helpless as I feel. There, there is absolutely nothing I can do right now except sit and wait. I go almost every day. They're, the hospital that he's at only allows one visitor per day. So between he and his girl, uh, between his girlfriend and I, uh, we alternate days, and most days are spent just sitting there waiting and watching. Um, he has started to open his eyes. He does smile upon command. He is now able to move 
most of his body, I think his left side will be more affected than his right. Um, I don't know if he knows what happened or why he's there. And I do the best I can to tell him why he's there without telling him why he's there, if that makes sense. I haven't told him how long he's going to be there. It could be months. I haven't told him it's going to be a two-year recovery. I haven't told him any of that because I don't want his mindset to that. I need him to know and think and, and, and realize that um, it's going to be a hard journey. Um, but I think that he's going to come through it a lot quicker than most people are giving him credit for. And it's really weird going into those hospital rooms because, I, I, for one, I know that I don't have a lot of emotion that comes out on my face. I know that. I've been told that several times my entire life. Um, and for those of you on the spectrum with Asperger's, you understand exactly what I mean. Our happy face looks the same as our angry face. Our loving face looks the same as our, you know, upsetting, crying face. Um, so I can only imagine what the doctors or nurses are thinking as they're looking at me and all they see, because we have to wear a mask, all they can see are my eyes. And my eyes are probably the most untelling part of my face. So as they sit there and tell me all the procedures that they have done, all the procedures that they still have to do, uh, the recovery process, what to expect, what not to expect, the emotion in my eyes to them probably never changes. And um, inside I'm dying. You know, I go out to my car and I cry. I don't want him to hear me crying. I don't want him to see me crying. So I have to kind of hold it in. Which I'm also very good at, is holding in my emotions until I get somewhere private. I don't know emotionally how much I can give to him. I, I love him to the absolute ends of the earth and back. But my ability to display emotions and affection is sometimes difficult. And I know that's probably what he needs the most right now. Is somebody there just to let him know that somebody's on his side and somebody loves him and cares for him and is, is you know there to hold him up. And it's probably very frustrating to me as much as him knowing that I can't show him exactly what I'm feeling. I have yet to call my family members on the phone and tell them. I'm not ready to talk about it. It's really hard to explain what's going on physically as well as internally. And I think I'm going to have to at least make one phone call today, and that's going to be to my mom because she's just everyday messaging. What's any new news? Can I come up and visit? Can I call? Can I stop by? Can I make you dinner? I, no, I, I don't want any of that. I'm extremely self-sufficient. I rely on absolutely nobody, and that's the way I've been my entire life. Um, so for my mom to try and push her way into my household right now, it's not going well for me emotionally. So I have to keep trying to push her back. I understand it's her grandson. It's her first grandson. It's her, you know, it's her flesh and blood. And she wants to be there, but she's not understanding that if she wants to stop by and hold his hand for a minute, talk to him, 
that's it. That's all he gets for the whole day. That's the only visitor he gets for the whole day. And she's not understanding that once she goes in there, nobody else gets to go in. So to keep me from my kid, I have a really hard time with. It's that mama bear instinct. Whether I outwardly show it or not, it's still very much inside me. Do not mess with me and my visitations for my kid. But she's not understanding that. Um, she kind of poo-pooed my diagnosis when I told her a few years back. She didn't believe it. She's up. Oh, what do they know? So I know that she's not understanding what's going on inside of me. She's not getting that... Um, I may not show it on the outside, but inside, this is absolutely tearing me up. And it, it's that part of Asperger's that sometimes really bothers me that I struggle with those emotions. Going to the hospital room, the hospital itself is overwhelming. I, I have all five senses going to absolute sensory overload. You know, the hustle and bustle, the visualness of it all. People coming and going and, and ambulances and, and, and nurses and doctors all scurrying about. It's, it's still a very active COVID area here in Arizona. Uh, the sounds are overwhelming between the people talking and the, the PA system and the beeping, the constant beeping of all those machines when you go up to the ICU is just, that's all I hear. And I'll hear the alarms going off from five rooms down. And it's it's a massive overload. The smells are just... I usually leave with a headache. It is that overwhelming. And for those of you who have been in hospitals and doctor's offices, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You smell all those the chemicals, and you smell all the, the medicines, and you smell all the different people, and, and, and this and that, and the other thing. And it, it's overwhelming. It's a headache-inducing environment for me. Uh, most days I leave, I get into the car, I have a massive headache. I get home, I just, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just like it peace and quiet. It's that recovery period that a lot of us have when we're in um, a busy environment like that. Um, a lot of us go through that when we get home from work. We work eight hours a day or whatever, five or six, or, and we get home. And a lot of people don't understand why we have to go somewhere and just you know, have our me time for two hours. That's our recovery time. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's less. It just depends on how busy a day we had. So for me coming home from the hospital, it's it's about two hours. You know, I've got other, you know, I got a household here I got to take care of. I have two kids that rely on me. You know, they're teenagers, but they still rely on me. And sometimes it's hard to come home and jump right into parenting mode. Um, after it's been a long trying day there at the hospital. You know, and it's that gearing up to get out and going in the morning. It, that's about an hour for me. I need me time in the morning as well. And, and a lot of you understand what me time is. It's that senseless time that we take to ourselves. Um, senseless in the fact that maybe for some of us it's vacuuming or, or, or it's sweeping. Or maybe it's just sitting in the chair and gazing out the window. Maybe it's having the TV on, but you're not watching it. Maybe it's going out back and gardening for a little bit. It's just that alone me time that as mindless as the, the, the act is, 
it absolutely means the world to us. And uh, I, I just need people around me to understand that that's a necessity in my life for downtime. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know. The whole two weeks has been overwhelming. And to go through and have what I have with the Asperger's, it makes it five times harder emotionally and mentally. Um, by all means, I'm extremely grateful. Extremely grateful for um for the fact that we didn't lose him it, this could have been worse this could have been turning out much more worse but it's not it is turning out for the better um like i said it looks like he's regaining full mobility his left side might be a little droopier than the right side but that may come back with time that may come back with work and that may come back with therapies and physical therapies and speech therapies so there's no um there's no giving up hope for him right now but I just had to um, put in a new episode and just talk about what's been going on the last couple of weeks and how something like that is extremely difficult to deal with when you are on the spectrum and you have these sensory overloads. Um, and you're extremely independent. I've been alone really since I was five years old. I don't need other people to help me. I don't want other people in my house making dinners. That's not necessary. I don't need five phone calls a day for updates. You know, I message everybody in a group chat type environment and they get daily updates and that's the best that I can do right now. And I'm realizing that sometimes that is the only thing that I can do without having a complete and total meltdown. And a meltdown, a total meltdown for me would be shutting myself in my room and turning off the lights and just sitting there in the dark. That would be a total meltdown. But I have other people in the house I need to look after and take care of, and so that's not an option. But if any of you are out there and you're going through a difficult period like this, then you completely understand um, the emotional toll that it does take on you and your body and your mind. And maybe even those around you. So just hang in there. You know, if you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to, you know, leave one behind for me. I'm going to try and get back onto this more often now, now that um, my life has um, settled down a little bit. Like I said, I sold my house and moved a couple weeks ago, and that whole fiasco... Um, was overwhelming the the buyers ended up wanting to push the closing date two weeks earlier so instead of 30 days closing we had 18 and that was the same weekend that my son had a stroke so it was overwhelming but things have calmed down and cleared up and um, everything's getting better so have a great Sunday anybody that's near and dear to you love them hard tell them you love them I know sometimes emotionally it's hard to express it with hugs or kisses, but do it anyway because at the end of the day, you'll feel better and they'll feel better. Have a good one. Until next time, this is Ask Me Me. Thanks.